Hi, thanks for tuning in to Holy Spirit Feed. I'm Jen Johnson. I'm excited to share what God has been showing me. I'm praying that your spiritual ears and eyes will be open to hear and see what Holy Spirit has for you. Genesis 1-2 Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. John 4-24 God is Spirit, and His worshipers must worship in the Spirit and in truth. Today, we're going to talk about Spirit. The Spirit of God was hovering. God is Spirit. Holy Spirit is not a person. He's in people and on people, but not a people. He is Spirit. I've heard it taught so many times that Holy Spirit is a person when he isn't. We just say that to make him more relatable to people. Now, he is very personal. Like, how much more personal can you get than him being inside your body, right? Or on your body. That's pretty personal. And you could say he's very personable. And he does have his own personality because he has characteristics or qualities that form an individual's distinctive character. And that's the definition of personality. But we need to quit trying to make him more relatable to us and instead make us more relatable to him. When people say Holy Spirit is a person, it makes us feel more comfortable to think of him as a person because that's what we can understand better. Holy Spirit used to be referred to commonly as the Holy Ghost, which could be a little scary, especially for kids, right? The word ghost for some might create thoughts of scary white Halloween decorations or something. (laughs) Also, in some religious circles, Holy Spirit isn't even talked about. It's more of that Father, Son, and Holy Bible kind of thinking, which is tragic. But if you grew up in that type of environment, and a lot of us did, myself included, then to think of Holy Spirit as a person might help. But that's just not biblical. Jesus came as God and as a person, as man. That's as close as it gets for God. I said earlier, we try to make Holy Spirit more relatable to us. Instead, we need to make us more relatable to him because that's actually who we are. We are spirit too. We just don't know it yet. That's where the transformation by the renewing of the mind comes in. Romans 12, 2 says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. If you want to know what the will of God is, Get your mind renewed in the word. That's simple. It doesn't get more clear. What happens is we get saved. We make a decision to follow Jesus. But why are all these things not perfect in our life yet? You might be thinking, well, I still struggle with lying or pornography or whatever fill in the blank sin. We are still in process. But at the same time, we are perfect now. And you might be saying, well, what? Who, me? I'm not perfect. Yes, you are. Listen to this. It says in Matthew 5, 48, Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. The Bible wouldn't say to do something if it wasn't possible. And if you're still thinking that you're not perfect, 1 Corinthians 6 says, You are one in spirit with the Lord. He is perfect. Okay, so you have a spirit that is perfect now. It's perfected. But your soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions, needs to catch up. And your body is subject in measure to the laws of the physical earth, like gravity and things like that. Now, I say in measure because we have access to divine health. And when we receive communion, we are reminding our soul and our body that Jesus paid the price through his broken body for us to be healed. This is a deep subject, and we can't cover it all in one day. But please know that you can access that. You can be as Jesus is, even in this world, which is 1 John 4. So be spirit-led. 
bringing heaven on earth in your body and your soul. Paul says in 3 John, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. So while your spirit is now joined with the Lord as one after receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior, Paul is saying here that he's also praying that your body will be healthy and your soul will prosper. So that said, we are actually doing ourselves a disservice to think of ourselves as more body and soul, more human, and less spirit. We need to be thinking of ourselves as more spirit because that's who we are. And it would definitely be helpful for us to stop thinking of Holy Spirit as a person, even if that's how we've been taught. We need to be led by the Spirit, capital S, and our spirit at the same time because they are now one. Romans 8.14 says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The spirit realm is actually more real than the natural realm. The spirit realm is eternal, but not for you unless you know it and believe it. Again, that's back to renewing the mind with the word. John 15.3 says, You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. The word cleans you. It wipes false beliefs and lies off you and replaces them with truth. I had a conversation recently with someone who I could tell (laughs) that they were getting a little bit frustrated with me because I wasn't overly frustrated with everything getting shut down again, like the schools and the restaurants. I was and I am frustrated and concerned, but only to a certain extent. The longer I focus on what's wrong, that only delays the Lord showing me what's right and how I can partner with him to either correct the wrong or change something around completely and get his new strategy for living and thriving in this world from my place in heaven. Remember, on earth as it is in heaven, we are bringing heaven to earth. We are bringing heaven here. And that starts in our spirit's ears and eyes. Then it passes to our minds and then to our mouths. We declare it. We call that which is not as if it were. We call things forth. We release God's perfect will on the earth through our words. Distraction is one of the enemy's biggest weapons. Don't fall for it. Shut it down and look to the Lord to see what he's doing. Be about your father's business, just like Jesus was in Luke 2. He was supposed to leave with his group, but he stayed in the temple. And instead he said, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Jesus had his mind set on his father. In Romans 8 verses 1 and 5, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. We have to connect more with our spirit, with the Holy Spirit, and be led by spirit instead of body and soul. I'm not overly focused on the things of this world because that's not my source. The schools and the restaurants can't take away my freedom unless my freedom is rooted in the schools and the restaurants. The government can't take away my freedom unless my freedom is rooted in the government. By the way, Isaiah 9, 6 says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I'm recording this in December of 2020. So this is perfect timing for this verse. The government will be on his shoulders. Ultimately, God is sovereign. Well, you might say then, how is all this stuff happening with the government that seems very wrong and restricting and so on? That's a good question. We don't have all the answers, but as believers with access to the mind of Christ, 
God does reveal some of the mysteries to us through relationship with him. There's no shortcut on that, no cliff notes. I loved cliff notes in high school, but there's no cliff notes here. There's no app that you can download. It's through relationship with him. Maybe we need to stop focusing on the distraction and get God's strategies, huh? But back to our freedom being taken away. You know, if the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. That's John 8:36. Come on, you are free indeed. That's it. If you believe that, you've been washed by the word. That restriction, that shutdown, it doesn't stick to you. You're now what I call a slippery Christian. <laughs> I typically use that term when referring to offense, not allowing offense to stick to you, not having a landing strip for it so it can't hang around. Pre-deciding to forgive before something happens, before someone makes an insensitive comment, before someone says they'll text you but never does, before someone asks you how far along you are when you're not even pregnant, <laughs> before someone leaves you on red. If you don't have Snapchat and aren't between the ages of 13 and 24, you may not even know what that means. But you get the point. Before the offense comes, decide it's forgiven. Whatever it is, it's paid for on the cross. So when you come up against issues of this world, just know you are in the world, but not of it. You are an eternal spirit being and temporarily a human being. You are not just a mere man. In 1 Corinthians 3.3, the background on this is the people of Corinth, they're like cutting up. They are arguing about this and that. And Paul says, you are still worldly. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? Another version says behaving like unregenerate people, meaning they have not been regenerated, made new, new creations, which we know we are now in Christ, right? Paul's implying that clearly you're not just a human. You have a new life now, no longer just a deteriorating body and soul, but an alive eternal spirit like God made in his image, reborn into freedom. Let's start identifying more with that perfect spirit. Be perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. And let's begin to live not as mere humans, but as victorious spirits in triumphant freedom.